you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. It is my distinct honor to be able to preach to you today. I don't ever take it for granted and I don't ever take it lightly. And I I just want to say that I'm glad that I'm part of a church that loves the Word of God that loves the preaching of the Word of God. So many, so many churches put their emphasis on their music program or they put their emphasis on other uh, programs and things that they've got going on in their particular congregation, and that's fine for them, and they can, they can do whatever they feel, but I'm glad that I'm part of a church that puts an emphasis on the preached Word of God because it's the preached word of God that'll get us saved. It's the preached word of God that will carry us on to the next day and to the next challenge and the next test and the next trial. Sometimes we come into the, his house and we we have uh, we have fought it all day long or all week long and and we feel like that we're just about to to give up and throw in the towel and how many have ever been to this place and you come into the house of God just giving it one more shot and just hoping and praying that some, the preacher will say something that impacts you and you come here and you're discouraged and you, you feel like giving up and you feel like giving in. But the preached word of the Lord comes forth and then all of a sudden it gives you a renewed vigor and it gives you a renewed peace and it gives you the courage to fight another day and it gives you the strength to walk another day. That's what the preached Word of God will do in the life of every believer and every Christian and every, every guest that is in the house today. Maybe you came and you, you come looking for something and you, come and you come and you say, well, things are just not as they need to be and I feel like something's missing. Well, I'm going to tell you that you're in the right place at the right time this morning because God is here and His Word is about to be preached in this house. And I believe, and I believe, that when the preached word of the Lord goes forth this morning, that God is going to do the miraculous. And I just want to tell you, I know I'm taking a moment here, but I just, I just want to tell you that I, I didn't come with a pretty sermon this morning. I didn't come to wow you with what I may preach this morning. But I come with one purpose, and that is to bruise the head of the enemy this morning. I've come to fight 
what's been fighting us. And I've come to take hold of some things. And I've come to take some things back that belong to us that the enemy has tried to steal. He's tried to steal it from us. And we've been fighting it. But today is a new day. Today is a day of change. And today is a day that God's going to step in on the scene. And God's going to do a mighty work in your life. Do you believe that this morning? preach to you this morning, Luke chapter number 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, use your iPhone, your iPad, or it'll be on the screen this morning. I want to read one verse of Scripture into your hearing, Luke chapter 3, in verse 15, and I just want to use this as a springboard into what I feel that God has dealt with me about, Luke 3 and 15. And it says, as the people were in expectation. Everybody say expectation. And the people were in great expectation. And all men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not. I want to borrow that first phrase. And I, I kind of want to put my twist on it. I'm going to leave on and leave off and as and just say that the people were in expectation. Everybody say it with me. The people were in expectation. And I want to preach to you for the next few moments in this place this morning on this subject. It's time to expect it. It's time to expect it. And I want to tell somebody in this house, it's time to expect your miracle. It's time to expect your healing. It's time to expect your deliverance this morning. You come just expecting another Sunday morning. But God sent me here with a word for you and say, I expect you to leave this place changed. I expect you to leave this place healed this morning by the power and the anointing of God. Would you put your Bibles down and would you lift your hands and would you ask God to speak into your heart? Would you ask God for understanding of his word this morning? God, open our ears. God, help us. Open our hearts to receive. Open our ears to hear. God, and open our minds to understand what you want to say to your people in this place this morning. And we give you all praise and all glory. Let your anointing fall, God, and let your word go forth and accomplish that for which you have sent it today. In Jesus' name. Now, would you one more time clap your hands before you're seated and give God praise. This verse of Scripture that I've read into your hearing is a powerful Scripture. And I want to say that it is powerful in this sense that it is not so much about its wording, and it's not so much about uh, maybe the words that are collected in this verse. It's not so much about that, but rather it's about its location in the Scripture that makes this verse so powerful. And I want to explain to you, because when we read this verse of Scripture, when we read that the people were in expectation and all men mused, we must understand that mankind 
had just come through 400 years of spiritual silence. You see, from the last writings of the Old Testament prophet Malachi to the opening of the New Testament, there were 400 years of silence where God didn't speak a word, where there was no word that came forth to any man or any woman, no prophet prophesied for 400 years, thus saith the word of the Lord. There were 400 years, listen to me and think with me this morning, 400 years that there was no word from God. 400 years where there were no miraculous manifestations. There were 400 years of no spiritual or supernatural demonstration. 400 years of no burning bush experiences. 400 years of no parting of waters. There are 400 years of no crumbling walls of Jericho. For 400 years, no giants fell. For 400 years, no promises or prophecies. And for 400 years, no prayers being answered to the children of God as they begin to pray out and cry out to God that he would heal and that he would deliver and that he would make a way. So that which brings us to our text where we read that the people were in expectation. What would happen to us if we went through just four days or four weeks or four months where God didn't speak to us when we came into his house? And we couldn't feel anything. And we prayed and there was no word. We picked up his word and there was nothing that jumped out of the pages to us. And God didn't begin to give us revelation. At many, many of us would check out after four days, let alone 400 years. Which, but it brings us to our text where Luke says and the people were in expectation. Because what we must understand that after... 400 years of absolutely nothing. The people were chomping at the bit and they were anticipating and expecting God to break the silence and they were expecting God to go ahead and begin to speak once again. They were expecting more of the miraculous power of God. After 400 years of silence, they were just expecting and hoping that God would say something to them. And I've come to preach to somebody this morning who you have not maybe heard anything from God or you haven't felt anything from God in a long, long time. You've come into this place this morning and you feel just like the writer said that the heavens are brass and you are longing for just one word from God. You are longing for this preacher just to say one word that will minister to you where you're at. One word to let you know that God has you in his mind. You're hoping for one word that will bring peace into your life. You're hoping for one word that will just settle the chaos in your home. Just one touch from God. And I want to tell you this morning that if you could somehow raise your level of expectation God is about to break the silence in your life this morning. God is about to move on you like he has never moved on you before. God is about to speak some things into the silence of your life. If they had such great expectation after 400 years of silence, 
then I dare to say, how much more should we who are rich in the blessings of God, how much more should we who have had prayers answered, who have seen miracles take place, who have seen the dead raised, and how much more should we that are the children of God, how much more should we be in expectation today, expecting God to do the miraculous this morning? I've come to this place, and I've come to preach to somebody under the sound of my voice this morning that I came here expecting you to receive your miracle. I came here expecting God to speak into your life. I come expecting for someone to be delivered. I come expecting for somebody to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I I dare to tell you this morning that I'm going to be shocked if it doesn't happen, but God sent this preacher here today to help elevate your faith and help make you raise your faith to believe that God can do absolutely anything today. There's nothing too hard for God. Your situation is not too impossible for God. That lost family member is not too lost that God can't find them. morning that we need to pray like we've never prayed before. We need to pray. We need to touch the throne room of God like we have never touched it before. But it's got to be more than just a prayer. It's got to be more than just a patty cake prayer. It's got to be more than just saying, God, I, I, I want you to do it. And then we go on about our day and we forget about what we prayed. But there's got to be prayer and with expectation attached to it. Because when you pray and you don't believe that God's going to do it, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. But there is something about a believer, a child of God who prays, God, work a miracle in my life. And you know that the moment that you utter those words, that God goes to work in the throne room of heaven and he begins to work on your behalf. That's the kind of expectation that it's going to take this morning for God to do it in your life. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. So I want to tell you that we need to praise this morning. I thank God for this praise team. I thank God for the praise that was in this place this morning. I could feel it rising from your heart. It was true praise to God. But listen to me. We've got to praise with expectation. We've got to sow seed in expectation every time that we come into this place and we raise our hands and we just say, God, I'm expecting you to do it. We've got to attach it to it and really believe that God can do it here. Here this morning. Nothing doing any good. Now I'm not doing anybody any good. If I tell you that God's going to work it out for you. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah. Don't really, I don't really think that, I think their situation is too impossible. I've seen it in my, I'm not an old man by any means, but I'm older than a lot in this place, Scotty. 
42 years of living on this earth, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen God do a lot of things. I've seen God work a lot of miracles. So that means that there's something in me that says, I, when, I, when I look at you and I say that God is going to do it for you, that God's going to heal you, I'm, I'm going off past experiences when I've seen God heal. I, I'm going off my own experiences when I was so sick I didn't know what to do. And all I could do is just call upon the name of Jesus and God stepped in on my scene or when it was that near accident and I didn't have time to pray a long prayer but all I could do is say Jesus and God stepped in on my behalf and he began to build a hedge of protection. That's the kind of thing that builds expectation in my life. So I come here this morning and I tell you that I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God's going to work a miracle before we leave this place this morning. Do I have anybody in this house that believes it. Come on, do you really believe it this morning? Come on, do you need a miracle? Do you believe that God can do it? Do you need healing? Do you believe that God can heal you this morning? Do you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And do you believe that God can fill you this morning? seated. You see, I just have enough faith this morning. I just have enough gumption this morning to believe that God can do what he said he could do. I believe this morning that the greatest miracle that has ever been performed is not in the past, but it's in the future. The greatest thing that God has done for you is not in your past. It's not a thing of old. It's not what he did for you yesterday. And let me dare say, it's not even what he has done to this point today. But the greatest miracle that God has in store for your life is in your future. Stop looking at the past and say, I remember when God used to do it. I remember when God used to speak to me. I remember when God used to heal me and start saying, I know without a shadow of a doubt that as I walk into the future, God's got great plans for me. He's got great miracles for me. He's got great things in store for my life. This is, hear me this morning, this is the greatest day of opportunity and potential that the church of the living God has ever known. And the reason why I say this, and the reason why that we should be in a state of expectation and anticipation, is that when Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice, and he became the propitiation for our sin, the reason that I say that the greatest days of the church are ahead of us. It's because we read in Colossians, because Jesus, Colossians chapter 2 and 14, and the word said that blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to, to us, he took it out of the way and he nailed it to the cross. What this scripture is saying and why you can have such hope this morning that God is working on your behalf because 2,000 years ago when he went to an old rugged cross and he shed his blood for you and for me, he took, he took sins, Brother Tapia, that we could never pay for. 
for, sins that we were guilty of, and we could never pay the price for those sins. This word says that he took those ordinances, he took those things that were against us, and he moved them out of the way, and he nailed them to the cross. The reason that you should come expecting something today is because that everything that was between you and God has been moved out of the way. There is nothing that stands between you and Almighty God. Back in the Bible days, back when, when, when a sacrifice had to be made for the sin of the people, they had to make a sacrifice. And only one man, only one priest, one time a year could go in behind the veil and he had to offer, he had to place the blood of that lamb or that goat upon the mercy seat and it would roll their sins back for one year. It would not remit their sins. It would not take their sin away, but it only pushed the price of sin back for a day. And they could not come to God like we can come to Him today. There was no, there was no going and making atonement for their own for their for their own self. But when the when God, when Jesus was hung on that cross and when he breathed his last breath and when he cried with a loud voice, it is finished. There is something powerful that happened because my Bible says that that veil that was so thick that no man could rip, that veil in the temple was rent in twain. It was ripped in two, giving them access to the throne room of God. Today, there is no veil. There is no situation, there is no problem that stands between you and getting to where Jesus is. There is absolutely nothing to stop you from getting healed this morning. There is nothing to stop you from being delivered this morning. There is nothing that can stop you from being filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. There is nothing. Everybody say there's nothing. There is nothing in this place this morning that can, that can stop you from having your life forever changed before you walk out that door. Everything that was against you, everything that you are guilty of, everything that said that you should pay the price with your life, God took it all away. And now we can come boldly to the throne of God. We can go to the throne room for ourselves and we can make atonement with the Lord. that we are living in an hour and a day that is like no other day or hour that the church has ever been in. We are living in a day, an hour, where hundreds, multitudes are receiving the Holy Ghost. Who would have thought it? Multitudes receiving the Holy Ghost in the United Nations. God's pouring out His Spirit in the United Nations. God is pouring out His Spirit in our land. We're living in a day when the Pope comes to America and he asks to talk to one person, and that one person is filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are living in a day, in an hour, that is unlike anything the church has ever seen. And while churches are, let me say, we are living in a day, in an hour, like the apostolic church has never seen. Because while churches all across the country 
country and all across the world are closing their doors because their parking lots and their pews are empty this morning. The apostolic church is growing by leaps and bounds. New buildings are being constructed in order to house the harvest that God is sending. The favor of God is on the apostolic church. And the Bible says this, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. No one's excluded. No one's bad enough that they can't have the Spirit of God poured out on their life. There's nobody in this building today where you think you may have gone too far and there's nothing that God can do for you. I want to tell you that we are living in the last days and God's still pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't, somebody help me this morning. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter that you've turned your back on Him in the past, but God wants to pour out His Spirit upon you in this place this morning. If you don't have the Holy Ghost this morning, you should not leave this place without being filled because God is pouring it out this morning. I'm expecting somebody in this house to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. If you believe that, would you agree with me and would you put your hands together? Come on, am I in the apostolic church this morning? How many believe that God's going to fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Be seated. I'm hurrying this morning. See, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. And when I do, I want you to understand that I'm not really just inviting you to the front as a formality. I'm not asking you to bow your head. And pray the same prayer that you always pray. I'm not asking you just to pray. And I'm not going to invite you just to come to this altar to praise. And I, I'm not really even going to invite you to just come here and try to have faith. But I am in a moment going to invite everybody in this place this morning to step out from where you are. And expect that when you do... To expect that when you take a step of faith, that God's going to take a step of faith in your direction. That when you step out, you are saying, God, I'm expecting it to happen this morning. Whatever it is that you're facing, when I give you that chance, I'm asking you to step out and to believe with everything that is within you. Call, recall on times past where God did it and know that God is going to do it again in your life. If you are in pain this morning, expect that pain to leave. If you are bound, expect to be set free. If you are lost, expect to be found. If you are empty, expect to be filled. God will do what we expect Him to do. If you don't expect it this morning, God's not going to do it for you. go through the motions when the altar call happens and you come and you just do what you've always done and you pray that faithless and, and 
expectation list, if that's even a word, prayer, that you always prayed, then you expect the same result that you have always gotten. But if you are desperate for a move from God, if you are desperate to hear from God, then you come to this place and you expect that God is going to give you a word. You expect that God's going to heal you. You expect that God's going to deliver you. I'm sorry I'm getting worked up this morning. But I feel in the Holy Ghost that God is going to do the miraculous in this place. And I want us all over this place, before I go any further, I want you to raise your hands, both hands to heaven. And I I want you to ask God, God, would you elevate my faith? Would you elevate my expectation? God, would you do it in my life this morning? Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 126, the writer said, It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. If ever there was a verse in the Bible that totally described modern America and the modern world that we live in, it is this verse because it says, For they have made void thy law. Because people all over the world have turned their backs. They've walked away. People that walk that have walked with God pretty much all their lives are now walking away from truth. Preachers that once preached this oneness message, that once preached our separation from the world, are turning away in droves, and they're going into false doctrine, and they are being led by every wind of change and doctrine. But allow me to preach to this church for a moment that we must realize we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are in this world, but we don't act like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't think like the world. This has to be a time of great motivation for the church and focus for the church because the writer said, Lord, you have to work now for they have made void thy law. And I want to say that it's time for God to do something in America. It's time for God to step in in these last days and to do something in our world. And he is going to do, I I say with all, all expectation and all faith that I can muster that God in these last days is going to do stuff that you have never seen before. And God's going to do greater stuff that is greater than anything that we could possibly imagine. Without a doubt, we are facing the giants of our lives because our battles today are bigger. Our struggles are harder. Our valleys seem to be deeper, and our problems seem to be greater. But here's what we must understand this morning, that before God brought David to his giant, God first gave him a bear, and God first gave David a lion. And Why did he do that? Because God wanted David to know that I'm getting ready for your giant. I'm preparing you for the battle and the fight 
of your life. I've come to tell somebody in this place this morning that you don't need to be fearful or afraid. You don't need to be intimidated by your enemy and your adversary because if you have a bear skin and you have a lion hide hanging on your wall somewhere, then you need to know that God did that so you can rest assured that he's going to deliver you, to deliver the giant into your hand. you got to rest assured that God is going to give you the greatest victory that you could have ever imagined. God is going to work the biggest miracle in your life that you could have ever imagined. And God's going to intervene in a way that is greater than you could have ever imagined. Think with me for a moment. David, tending sheep on a hillside in the desert. When a bear comes and a lion comes to take the sheep from his fold or take as many as they could. Think with me for a moment that when he rose up and he slew that bear and he slew that giant, he had no idea that somewhere in his future he was going to face an adversary that was much greater than a bear and much greater than a lion. But God was doing that. God allowed that to happen so that David would know that, hey, I know that with my own hands and my own ability, there's no way I could ever slay a bear and there's no way that I could ever kill a lion. But I know that it was God with me. So when David stepped into that valley of Eli, and he looked across the valley and he saw that nine foot giant and that nine foot giant began to mock him and begin to try to intimidate him. He could have said, I'm scared to death. There's no way that I can do this. But David recalled on a memory of a day past when there was a bear and there was a lion and it was impossible then. But I know that God was with me. So David stepped out onto that 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 battlefield with five smooth stones and a slingshot and he said yes this enemy may be bigger yes he may be more intimidated but I know that when I go out there to fight that God is going to fight with me and God's going to bring victory into my life and into the life of the children of Israel I tell somebody this morning sometimes you got to recall the miracles of days gone by and know that if God did it for you then God can do it for you now. If God did it for your mom and dad then, then God can do it for you now. Closing. I want to tell you today that you can expect great things from God. It's okay in this building and in this place to expect great things from God because I want to tell you that this is no normal Sunday morning. This is not just a Sunday morning where we come and we're going to go through the motions and we're going to leave and we're going to get a little bit of lunch and some of us are going to go to Lebanon and some of us are going to go to Lafayette and we're going to go through the motions once again because we're waiting for Sunday night because we just believe that God only does it on Sunday night. 
But I'm telling you that today is a different day. Today is not a, a Sunday night kind of Sunday, but God wants to work on a Sunday morning. God sent this preacher here with a word from the Lord today to say that God wants to move and God will move and God is going to move in your situation this morning. Don't wait for another day. Don't wait for another opportunity. But God wants to do it in your life right now. children, the writer says, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. You see, the reason that we can expect great things from God today is because we have a double claim, if you will, on everything that is in heaven. We have a claim as sons of God, as heirs of God, but we also have a claim as joint heirs because the church, we are the bride of Christ. You have a right to claim your miracle today because it's yours. You have a right to claim your breakthrough today because God has already given it to you. I expect it because it rightfully belongs to me. I, I expect it. I, I've let the enemy tell me way too long that I don't deserve it, that I have no right to it. But his word says that I am an heir. If I'm an heir, if I'm an heir to, to a a man, and, and my dad's not, but if my dad was a millionaire, whatever my dad has in this life, I'm an heir to it. Why am I an heir to it? Because I got his blood in my veins. I, I was born of his flesh. So anything that mom and dad have, Scotty, I'm an heir to it because of my last name, because of who my dad is, because of who my mom is. And I want to tell somebody in this place this morning that it doesn't matter how far you may think you are, you're a child of God. And everything that God possesses, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, Sister Paula. He's the great physician. He's the deliverer. He's the way maker. And everything that he is and everything that he has belongs to me because I got his blood in my veins. I got his breath in my body. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. Stand with me this morning. I'm an heir have a right to it because it belongs to me. It belongs to my dad. It belongs to the one that gave me life. And if it belongs to him, then it belongs to me. I'm tired of the devil lying to us and saying that we have no right. Would you, don't you realize what you've done and where you've been? You have no right. But I come to bruise the head of the devil this morning. I come to kick him in his teeth and say, devil, you're a liar. It belongs to me. Healing belongs to me. Deliverance belongs to me. Salvation belongs to me.
closing. Close, I'll leave you with this, and then we're going to turn God loose and let God do what He wants to do in this place this morning. Often, we often say, anybody ever said that? Something happened in your life, something unexpected, and you ever just said, man, I didn't see that coming. Scotty, I didn't see that happening. I, I, I didn't see that working out like that. I didn't. I, I, I thought that was that was done and forgotten about. I didn't see that coming. But I want to tell somebody in this place that there's a blessing coming to you, coming to somebody in this room. That if it was so far, it's so far off the wall that you thought it would never happen. And all you're going to be able to say when God does it this morning, you're going to walk out of this place and you're going to be shaking your head and you're going to be saying, man, I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect that today would be the day. I've been praying for so long. I've been going through the motions for so long. I didn't see it happening today. But guess what, devil? It happened today. God is about to do something that you can't even imagine in this house. So right now, I make a general appeal to this building, to the, everybody in this building. Now, don't come. Please understand me. Don't come. Don't ask for it. Don't claim it if you're not expecting God to do it. Because then you're just going to be going through the motions and you're going to leave here frustrated, wondering why God didn't do it. But if you believe this morning, if you have a need in your life, if you need salvation in your life and in your home, and you believe that God is going to do it today, I want you to step out on that aisle. I want you to step out with your hands raised and I want you to fill this altar. I want you to fill these aisles and I want you to come saying, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to do it. But God, I'm expecting you to do it in this place this morning. I'm expecting you to heal me. I'm expecting you to deliver me. I'm expecting you to save my family. I'm expecting you to fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Would you come expecting great things from the Lord?